Yes, Honest Actors is back with brand new episodes every Friday. To help me continue releasing new episodes without a sponsor, or to say thanks for your favourite old ones, click the support link in the episode description. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. It's a one-off, feeling generous, good deed for the day sort of thing. Think of it as bumping into me and buying me a drink. To find out more, click the support link. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, mine's a large red. I hate those guys. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. My name is Sinead Matthews and you're listening to In Anything at the Minute. Hi, my name's Jonathan Harden and this is episode three of In Anything at the Minute, the Honest Actors podcast. Uh, It seems like a lifetime ago that I launched this. Uh, It's less than a fortnight, but a lot has happened. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone that contributed to the success of the launch, either by joining the Thunderclap, by tweeting hashtag not in anything on the day, or just by sharing it on social media. People really made the effort to get behind it and to let their friends know that the podcast existed. So uh, that in turn drove the listener figures way past what I had ever expected. So I guess what I'm trying to say is keep up the good work. As a thank you, here is episode three with Sinead Matthews, recorded at Headspace way back in May. Enjoy. First things first, uh, and this is kind of, I suppose, the way into the interview is your way into acting. Mm. How did you come to be an actor? Well, um, thinking back, I was very passionate about dancing so that was my thing and I danced from a very early age right the way through to sort of 15, 16 and it was my ballet teacher who suggested that I try drama so she was the one that said um, I think you should go to Stratford-upon-Avon College and do this drama package there um, I really was a bit sort of of a daydreamer, you know, and just loved dancing, really. That was my thing, and it was really her that opened my eyes to first getting out of Coventry and then going to Stratford-upon-Avon College where there was this amazing uh, course. And so I followed her guidance and I went there, and it was really at Stratford that I first started reading plays. Um, so what age are you then? Uh, 16. 16. Yeah, I wasn't, I tried amateur dramatics and I wasn't very good because I had a very bad stammer. Right. So I kind of went along for the socialising and, and met an amazing group of people who I just thought, who are these people? And they were all different ages and I sort of loved this community of people who loved acting, although I was very shy, so I didn't really want to take part in the acting. I just wanted to be there around these people. And so this is when you're 16 as well? or This, this is... was more 14, 15. Right. 
but then so I had tried you know like to do it but I was too shy and I was too insecure so you're 14 15 you're lacking in confidence or at least in confidence to stand up in front of some people and talk, and talk yeah um, so how do you get from that to being in Stratford a year or two later and having that confidence what changes within you or what changes in the circumstance I think it was meeting like-minded people like one of my very very good friends at that time um, he loved theatre and acting and directing and we were into the same sort of films and we really kind of I think nurtured each other's passion and I was inspired by him and inspired by his family and 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 um and slowly throughout the two years the two-year course I grew in confidence and I mean you know it's gonna sound really funny but it was when I first did a monologue in front of an audience and they laughed and I just went oh I like that and I just like being inside somebody else's heart and mind I felt like I could relax once I'd got it. And, and did the stammer then Yeah, stop? and then it just went. Went so, even when you weren't acting? It, that was no, it, that. no, it just went when I was doing the monologue and I just felt sort of, I'll never forget that. I really loved it. And, and then it sort of, and then I thought, well, I'm, I, I don't want to go to university. I, I'm not that way inclined. I want to do acting. So I just... Um, I decided I would audition for drama school because my friend and boyfriend at the time, he'd gotten into Raja. So I was like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And I was really inspired. And I Is this the same friend that had been yeah. inspiring? And was his family, uh, a creative family? Yeah. You mentioned his family. Yeah. And and I was, were your family like that? Funnily enough, no. But my mum used to do amateur dramatics and she was amazing. I remember watching her as a kid and thinking... The audience love her, and they and she's got the audience in the palm of her hand, and she was funny and um, being coming from an Irish family, they're all quite dramatic and poetic in their own way. Like they're all brilliant singers, and they all are great storytellers. And funnily enough, though, on my dad's side, the stammer—that's where it comes from. Yeah, but having said that. I think it's sort of in my family somewhere. Yeah, but obviously they were supportive enough to send you to ballet, but just didn't obviously think of you as being an actor. Was that something that they, in advance of you giving that monologue and having what is a very significant shift, mm -hmm. um, did you sense as a teenager that they were slightly querying why you would want to do this? I think they wanted me to do it because I think they thought, like I will never forget this one party that I went to with... Uh, with this theatre company that I, you know, tried to be a part of but didn't want to actually do the acting. But I went to this party and I remember coming home and sat on the sofa and burst out crying because I couldn't say my name. When people asked me who I was, I couldn't say because my stammer, I just... And I remember just getting so upset and not being able to see past it. But mum, you know, obviously... She, you know, she thought it would help me, just me, you know, as a teenager dealing with this stammer, that it would be a good thing. But I don't think they were expecting me to take it to the, you know, to take it to the level that I did. 
And when I said that I was auditioning for drama school, it didn't really go down great. So you, let's skip over yeah. the drama school experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and let's say the day you leave um, drama school, what expectations, if any, did you have for the career or not that might follow? If I look back now, I think I was literally going along with the... I was going with the flow. Because I didn't really expect to even get an agent. So when I got an agent and she was like the most enthusiastic, most supportive, most loving woman, I just thought, this is great. Like, this is brilliant. And people seemed to like what I was doing. They were interested. So I was just going with the flow. I didn't have my sights set on anything particular, but I was very lucky when I left. And do you remember, I'm sure you do, do you remember your first job, what it was? Vera Drake. Which isn't a bad first gig, is it? It's all right. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, God. I normally don't, we, uh, the kind of style of these is we don't really talk much about job specifics, yeah. right? But I always think it's nice for people to give an opportunity to say like, um, if one job in your career could stand for you, um, and I suppose the other way of saying this is what are you most proud of? Um, what's that job? God, that's hard. Um, well, one of them has to be Pests, which was a play I did, God, where, last year, at the beginning of last year because of the play itself, the fact it was clean break. Um, it was a two-hander with this other actress called Ellie Kendrick. And it really, it was one of those jobs where we really put our heart and soul into it. Everybody did. And, and being a part of that group of creatives was amazing. So I have to say that one because also when I finished it, I just wanted to escape. And I think it's the effect that it had on us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you find jobs change you then? Do you find the, the process of playing or being, as you said, in someone else's heart and mind, does that change you either temporarily or per permanently? Temporarily, yeah. And that one in particular, I felt like that I was sort of that, that I'd given myself over to the play, and so had like Ellie, and so had everybody, you know, during that process, that you're sort of putting yourself on hold, and, be, and, and every day you're gearing up for the show. I think some jobs just take more out of you, so that when you're finished, you, like this overwhelming sense of I just want to go and be free and, and just be me for ages like we were playing drug addicts they were prostitutes they'd grown up in care they were sexually abused as children they were hard they were incredibly vulnerable these two people and my character was covered in self self-harm scars and marks and actually, I couldn't get them off every night. So they were on my body for about three or four months. Um, so every time I had a shower, every time I had a bath, 
it changed like the clothes, like I couldn't wear summer clothes because, and it took a few weeks after to get them off. And then I went on holiday for a week and lay in the sun and just read and it, it sort of came out. But the anger that, you know, that that character and the bitterness that that character was holding. Do you feel even that on the way home sometimes from the show? Do you get to the point where you kind of, you're on the tube or whatever and you fa- you're grimacing and you don't know? Or how does that manifest itself on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, I used to recognise it in like other people that, um, that suddenly when a show finishes, their face changes. So, or not that you've not seen that face before, but suddenly you go, oh, there you are. Because they've been holding on to it and, they've, and you hold it in you somewhere, don't you? And um, I've noticed that in other people. I don't necessarily probably notice it in myself, but other people might notice it in me. So uh, moving on then, and I've said this to everybody and I hope it doesn't become one of those things that people beat me with uh, whenever they go out, but an agent once told me uh, that the only time an actor's ever happy, and you can get a sense of this agent's view in actors, I think, the only time an actor's ever happy is in the five minutes after you call them to tell them they've got a job. It's so true. And from the minute after that, minute number six, they start panicking about if they're able to do it. Yeah. If they have what it takes. Do you recognise any of that in yourself? And if not, um, what do you start to worry about from minute number six? Yeah, because that is a great feeling when you get offered that job. I think more so what takes over for me is that thing of... Like the world I'm going to be delving into. So it's excitement rather than fear. Yeah, yeah, I think the fear for me comes later. When does the fear come? Press night. (laughs) (laughs) You know, let's not beat around the bush. Um, So you don't fear, uh, do you ever fear kind of that almost the show and tell nature of a first day of rehearsals? People don't know what you're going to do. Do you ever fear that? Oh, I fear the read through because I think that quite often you don't know what you're going to be doing with that performance until weeks later. Um, Some actors are great and they have their performance down and they know exactly what they're going to do. And I always admire that, but I'm definitely... Well, it sort of depends, actually, but I don't think I'm that sort of an actor. Um, If I was understudying you, would there be any point in me noting down what you're doing in the first week? (laughs) No. Second week? (laughs) This is what I always think, that you've got to get it wrong before you get it right. So that's why I love rehearsals. Um, So let's, I mean, this seems like a just total non sequitur, but you know, let's do it anyway. Uh, Going back to before that call, before that call to say, Sinead, we've heard back, uh, it's an offer, uh, that amazing magical moment. Uh, You've got to go through, in most cases, an audition to get there. And usually more auditions than calls, uh, unless you're very lucky. Um, Do you enjoy auditioning at all? So funny, isn't it? I I love meeting people, so I love going in there and, and meeting people. However... No, I don't enjoy auditioning. I don't... I think I started answering that question in, in like, actually, no, come on, who does, actually? Who does enjoy it? 
Well, it's funny because there are auditions that go well and then you come out. The auditions that go well are very rare because you come out with a feeling of, I don't care whether I've got that, but I feel inspired and with a new lust for life and off I go into the day and I feel great. When an audition goes badly, there's nothing like it. it you know, you feel like you've let yourself down. So you what happens? Let's take it from the door. If you, just, <laughs> if you walked out of here, we just auditioned, you walked out of the door and you knew you'd done a bad audition, what process do you go through in the subsequent minutes or hours? What, what's the process? It can either be hysterical laughter at your own shitness, um, which I have had after a, after a telly audition. I could not believe how, how bad I was, and I don't think they could believe it because there was just silence. And the casting director took me out, and I just sort of was like, yeah. I mean, I, you know, the hysteria was coming on as I said goodbye. And then I ran down uh, the Euston Road. I literally ran, just laughing, hysterically. <laughs> so that's one reaction, quite extreme, yes. But it's one reaction. It's a pretty positive one. I wish I could turn those uh, yeah. terrible additions into hysterical laughter. Because it was so bad. But then there's the other one where you, I mean, like where I, I just cry. Because it's a release as well. It's a release of... Um, so how, how are we talking? Are we talking minutes? Are we talking hours? Are we talking... I mean, later. How, how soon is that? Are we talking soon to get the door? <laughs> the next person going in to seize you... Burst into tears. Is that part of your, your way of putting people off? Yes. It's terrible in there. I just wouldn't go in there if I were you. Um, no, there's a feeling of, um, you know, like that thing, you know, that I quite often like mutter, sort of like mutter like to myself, you know, like in that, oh, fucking hell, I mean, you know, sort of muttering like a mad woman. Oh, my God, that, you know. And then the tears come. Like once you've like, you know, look like a mad woman, then you become a mad woman. Do you do, do, you do what I do, mm, uh, which on. is you go out onto the street and start doing the scene better. <laughs> as, you, as you walk down the street, you think, it's like whenever someone says, moving on, and you go, I've just worked that scene out. Yes. Like, I'll walk yes. into an audition room and I'll go, that's what he yes. wants. Yes, and then also, you know, because you've spent, like, the morning running the lines in your head as well to try to keep them in there. They're still in your head going round. And then you're on the tube going, having this strange dialogue with yourself about... And you're just making really strange facial expressions. No, oh God. And then, you know, there's just this enormous sense of disappointment. And also, luck. Do you, think, do you think luck plays a significant part? I don't know. I'm still trying to work that out. I mean, I feel like I've been incredibly lucky. Somebody who didn't think that she would get an agent got an agent and has worked for the majority of the time, you know, continuously. And I feel lucky. I, I don't... I don't know. Just a quick interruption from me here to say that if you're listening on iTunes, please click subscribe. And if you're feeling particularly full of love and warmth, please leave a rating and a review while you're here too. 
Uh, if you've done those things and you're feeling pretty smug, you can always use your phone to its full potential and open up Twitter, follow us at Honest Actors, then hop over to Facebook and give us a like. Facebook.com forward slash Honest Actors. Easy. If you have done all three of those things, well done. For you and you alone, here's the rest of the interview. Well, listen, um, so you've already hinted at kind of the fact that you've, you've had a good time but also there's been times when you haven't been working. Mm. Um, what's the longest to your memory uh, period of time that you haven't been working? It was last year and it was after pests, about six months. And was that by choice or a little bit of both? A little bit of both, yeah. Both. How does that feel then if you go from something which you've identified now as a highlight of your career into what has to be a low light, what has to be a period of... Oh, or did you just not really mind? It was a mixture, actually, because personally, I needed it. Um, that feeling of wanting to be a free spirit kind of, you know, lasted for a while. And I didn't... I got a job in a pub. I love pubs. My family, back in Coventry, I, you know, they all have run pubs. I love the atmosphere in pubs. I like being around that. So I kind of lost myself in that for a bit and I really loved it. And then does it become tiresome? Yeah, and then there's the odd day where you start to lose track of who you thought you were in this industry. And you start to think, well, maybe actually I'll just give it up. And, you know, I, I can work in this pub for the rest of my life. I mean, I can do that, you know. You, like, you do start to think about... Could you, do you think? No. I couldn't now. I couldn't give it up. No way. I think in this industry we can start to live in a bubble. And it was nice to step outside of the bubble and know that... What I learnt from that is, okay, say that I don't get another job for ages and ages and ages, or I don't, or I have to keep going back to this pub, I'm going to be okay. I'm surprised, and I suppose I shouldn't be, but I'm surprised that you went back to work in a pub. And what I mean by that is, I've worked in lots of places with lots of other actors, and there's always a kind of a, an expectation that at some point that will that will stop, you know, you'll be, either you'll, you'll just go, I've had enough, I'm not doing it anymore, yeah. or you'll go, I don't need to do it anymore. So, um, did you get, were you working with other actors in yeah. that pub, and were they surprised that you were there? Yes, and people that came in, like, to be honest, financially, because a lot of the jobs that I've done, which have been great, have been very low pay. Yeah unfortunately, and I had a whole run of them. So it was financial reasons that I got a job. I thought, well, I can't pay my rent. I'm going to get a job. Makes sense. And it actually makes you feel better. Like, and, um, and there was a sense, a lot of people assumed that I was totally fine because I'd just done pests and it went down well. And, and people were like, what, you're working in a pub? Why? Like, I got a lot of... Me and... A lot of friends would say, yeah, I was talking to this director today and they can't believe that you're working... They can't believe that you're working in the pub. And and how does that make you feel? Do you think that's 
a ridiculous point of view to think that you shouldn't be working in a pub? Well, or... what, well, what's funny is I, like, what was a bit tricky was that I'd been working for 10 years and I'd never had to do it before. So I think what was weird is you think that you're on a certain path. But for me, it was slightly the wrong way around. Yeah, like, I was just like, I just want to be the barmaid and have a good time and pull pints and have chats. You know, but a lot of, like, people that had recognised me from Ideal would come in. See, I was... How do you find that? uh, uh, Yes, well, that was... Is that difficult? That was difficult only because they'll say things like... God, what happened? You were doing so well. Um, Do you find yourself getting down when you're not acting? What sometimes happens is I suddenly realise that I've been down, but after. So I suddenly go, oh, it was because of that. Or, or, or like a storm is happening inside me. And then I realise, um, it's because I've got, I'm not releasing anything or I'm not tuned into something. Um, and, mm. uh, yeah, so I sometimes do get down, but I don't realise it at the time. I, uh, I find myself, I'll be standing, thinking I'm in a really good mood, and out of nowhere I'll say, what's the point? <laughs> From deep within my subconscious. Yes, yes. Um, yes, because also sometimes, yeah, like if I'm not working, like I don't know where to channel my stuff. Um, <clears throat> I've I mean, we've already discussed some of the things that might be good about acting, mm. uh, and we've kind of gone down towards a line now where we're talking about slightly more difficult times, not necessarily you know um, the darkest of times, but certainly times that are more more stressful or more trying. What, to your mind, is the most difficult thing? about this profession? Um, probably the rejection thing. The, the auditioning. The... Um, God, that's hard, actually, because I don't tend to think about that. You're not a you're not a negative person by nature. No, I don't like to think about that and so I think it must be the moments when I don't know maybe you feel like you've let yourself down because you know that you can do something but in an audition situation it's such an unnatural situation and some are fine and some are horrendous. But the horrendous ones stay with you. And because you're open, because you have to go in there open. And sometimes it can be my stammer that lets me down. And then it can affect my breathing. And then I go down a path which I can't get out of. Um, And I don't really stammer that much anymore, only in certain auditions. And it's that thing of, I guess, the insecurities that it brings out in you you know very recently there was something where i auditioned for it and i found out on the same day that it wasn't gonna happen which usually would be great because you'd think at least you don't have to you know i was so shocked 
I was like, well, I'm sh- I cannot believe, I cannot, I mean, I was expecting a recall. I was expecting, so I, I, I wasn't expecting to be, you know, I wasn't expecting a no so quickly. And that was, and that really, really affected me. Um, because then you can, you just turn it back on yourself and go, I wasn't clever enough, I wasn't this, I wasn't that, I wasn't... And actually, that's not what it comes down to, it, you know. So there's that. And then there's the other thing where I come out of an audition and I throw the sides away straight away. You know, it's a superstition thing, isn't it? Of, you know, like, the, you just let it go. You know, like the song from Frozen... There were so many actors walking around London going, let it go, let it go, because it's just become part of our lingo now. Let it go. Just let it go, let it think, go, just you, brush it off, shake it Do you it think you'll get to the point where you can actually do that with every, with every job, with every job you go for, rather, where you can let it go? It seems like, you know, if we're still at the stage where uh, I'm doing scenes in the street and you're bursting into tears in the tube, <laughs> It seems, it seems to me like we're not at the let it go point just yet. No, and we never will be. But that doesn't mean that we can't aim for that now. I mean, I think auditions get harder and harder. Because, do you? Yeah. I don't think... Do you, feel, do you feel a weird of expectation sometimes? If you'd been sometimes, good in yeah. other things. Y- yeah, yes. And also, I went through a period of just being offered jobs. And I was like, wow. I'm at this level. I'm just getting offer jobs. I don't even have to audition. And then it's like, that's not the norm, Sinead. And then, like, when, you know, like, meetings, like, were coming in, and I was going, what, they're not just offering it to me? What do you mean I have to audition? It's like, it's up and down, swings and roundabouts, you know. You, we're never quite happy, because even when we do get an offer, it's like, yeah, but can I do it? And I'm obviously going to get sacked when I get there, because I obviously can't do it. But, you know, it, it's... Yeah, yeah, that's... Because I did get... I have been off... Like, I got offered a theatre job just out of the blue. And I did it. And for the, and for the entire time, I thought, I, I am so terrible in this. And, sh- and she's regretting it. And, you know... And you weren't terrible at it, right? God knows. I poo- well, I don't know. So have you watched yourself on screen? Yeah, I have and actually. And do you find that gut-wrenching? Yeah, sometimes. Certain bits I go, oh, God, that was great, Sinead. Well done. You were really subtle. In and that bit. And then you're very bit. hard on yourself. In yeah, and that, oh, that bit was awful. Past or present, whose career do you look at and think... I'd love to look back on a career like that. I'd love to have a career like that. Oh, I don't know. I find that question hard because I don't like to sort of... Each person's path is so personal and so... You know, because quite a lot of people... Because I get quite a lot of people saying to me, why aren't you a movie star? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you doing that? And I think we can get lost as actors in things, in thinking about what we should be doing, what we think we should be doing, the path that we should be on. And I'm just lucky to do the jobs that I do. And I think you can get caught up in a horrid cycle of, of comparison. If you could go back to the RADA graduate, yeah. um, what advice if any would you give her 
based on the experiences you've had since? Save money. Yeah, when you get it, like save it, because I think that's what I've found most challenging. Just be a bit wiser with money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been given advice which is stuck in your head and you've thought, oh, that's, that's useful? Never change. Stay who you are. That's good advice. Don't let it affect you. Stay true to yourself. Yeah. Be a real person. Be a real person. Don't be an actor. Yeah. And, uh, and yes, exactly. That's it, apart from a final bonus question, which uh -oh, is, uh -oh. are you in anything at the minute? Oh, I see, yes. Yes, well, at the minute, I am in the Hudsucker proxy. <laughs> You've been practicing that. No, I haven't. I'm just, literally, that's what I'm doing at the moment, my Catherine Hepburn impression. <laughs> and that's it. Huge thanks to Sinead for her time and, most importantly, for her honesty. If you like that, there are another two episodes already online with Denise Goff and Tom Goodman-Hill. There are loads of teasers to give you an idea of what's coming up. And episode four will be with you on Monday the 26th of October. Until then, there's lots to keep you occupied on the website www.nanything.com. Loads of blogs, most of them not written by me. And therefore, it's okay for me to say... I think they're all pretty damn good. So go over there, have a read, leave a comment and get involved in the conversation. Most importantly though, if you're enjoying any aspect of this project, please share it. Please tell your friends what you think of it. Please tell them that it exists. Get on social media, make the effort, take the 15 seconds and help me build the audience for the podcast. Like I've said on multiple occasions before, and I feel like I'm a broken record, it does take quite a bit of effort to put these together. And it makes all the difference when I see people sharing it on social media and just letting me know what they think. So again, if you have a thought, if you have a question that you think I should be asking and I'm not, or if you just have some feedback, let me know at honestactors or email honestactors at gmail.com. That's enough to be going on with, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, listen, two weeks. October the 26th. Do not come back alone. Bring a friend. Until then, that's all from me. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.